0: You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Matt Wehmeyer joined by Ian Brown, Red Sox beat reporter, as we talk Red Sox baseball today, this Thursday, October 12th, and uh, specifically, Mr. Brown, we're talking about the uh, recent managerial opening with the Old Town team, as uh, the Red Sox will soon have uh, their fourth manager since 2011, uh, Tito Francona. That was his last year, the one-year Bobby B experiment in 2012. And then John Farrell since 2013, and now Mr. Farrell shown the door as uh, the next one is going to be up. Uh, we don't know when, but uh, Dave Dombrowski and friends undergoing that process to bring in the next manager of the Boston Red Sox, who it will not be John Farrell uh, in 2018. He was dismissed uh, just days after the Red Sox fell to the Astros in four games in the ALDS Uh, Ian, I want to start with the press conference of uh, Dave Dombrowski just engaging the fan reaction. I think that most fans had two issues uh, with Dombrowski in that press conference. I think the first one was there was virtually no transparency from him regarding exactly why he let John Farrell go. The second one I feel like was a rather odd statement that he said, regardless of the outcome of the Red Sox in the postseason John Farrell was not going to return in 2018, which I find odd because most fans said then, well, okay, if they went on to win the 2017 World Series, you were going to let him go. It just seemed like a very odd thing to say. So on those two fronts, what were your reactions to both?
1: Yeah, on the first, um, I agree that it was a frustrating uh, press conference to attend. And, you know, I like Nate DeBrusque. He's uh, very cordial and available to the media. Um, but I don't think this was his best press conference because, you know, obviously he doesn't want to bury John Farrell on, on the way out the door. But at the same time, if you're going to um, dismiss a manager who's, who's finished first uh, the last two years and three times in the last five years and has a World Series mixed in there, granted that was before DeBras to get there, you got to give a reason, one reason. And there were no reasons given in that entire press conference why uh, John Farrell is no longer the manager of this team. I think that, um, you know, Dave could have, could have come up with some general things there without, um, crushing Farrell. And, uh, so I think it was a, a frustrating fresh conference for a lot of us to sort of, um, take what we needed to out of it. And, uh, you know, so I think that's the first point as far as the second point here, the fact is, you know, I don't, I don't think that, uh, you know, that, that was a, a little misinterpretation where they said, no matter what happened in the playoffs, he, he was gone. I think what Dave said was it wasn't all because, uh, they lost in the first round, but, uh, You told me if they had gone to the World Series, you know, that he would have been fired. I don't think he would have been. I mean, I think that um, to them, the Division Series was symbolic about how um, Dabrowski and perhaps ownership above him didn't feel that John Farrell was getting the most out of his roster and it was the second straight year that the the team won the Division um, only to lose in the first round. So I think that that, that that comment was maybe taken out of context a little bit where, of course, you know, the result had something to do with it. But, again, I think to them it was maybe a microcosm of something bigger and that um, they felt that Farrell that didn't get uh, the most out of the team this year.
0: I feel like, you know, John Farrell, uh, ever since uh, his tenure began in 2013, he's been one of the most polarizing figures in, in Red Sox history because I feel like if you, you take 100 fans and say, okay, what's your assessment of John Farrell? 50 say he did great. Fifty say he did lousy, and they'd all be correct, because it's it's just one of those very odd things where you can say he did great in, in this regard, but he lacked, you know, he, something was lacking in another. And I feel like again, you know, there's no right or wrong answer here, be, because there was there's so much to John Farrell in terms of what he did during the game. Maybe it was lacking there, but he was uh, he was great with pitchers, and, and there's just there's so many elements that I feel like. Nobody's completely right and nobody's completely wrong in assessing John Farrell. Do you see it that way?
1: Yeah, somewhat. I mean, to me, the bottom line is the bottom line, and that was, uh, there's two bottom lines here. The first is that they finished in first place the last two years. The second is that they didn't get out of the first round in either year. So you have to take a look at, you know, what, what's going on there. There's some reasons for that. Um, I felt like this year um, without David Ortiz that this wasn't the same. Not only was it not the same Red Sox lineup, it wasn't the same Red Sox clubhouse. And you know, I think that you have to look at you know what was going on with the clubhouse. Uh, you know, it just didn't seem to have that same um, togetherness. They didn't. Uh, they just never had that really that feel that you had in some of their other winning seasons, even last year. But just felt like you know you knew there was this tension between David Price and John Farrell. Um, they didn't. They didn't seem to speak a whole lot. I don't think there was a whole uh, lot of love lost there between either one of them. I mean, David Price kind of saying manager John in that tweet earlier in the season. I mean that right. seems a little bit disrespectful. I never remember hearing David Price say manager Joe, you know, when talking about Joe Madden. um, So I thought that our, you know, manager Brad for Pratt office or sure. manager John, forgive it. So I just think that, uh, you know, that was a little bit of a slap in the face and I you know, and then the whole uh, the price Eckersley thing. And there's the whole thing that Farrell never apologized to X. Um, so it's just, uh, there were a lot of, a lot of, Weird dynamics there, but the bottom line is, you know, Dave Dombrowski decided that uh, you know the Red Sox need to go in a different direction. You know, it's always a different vibe, Matt, when a GM comes in like Dombrowski inherits a manager, and it's not the guy he hired. And uh, you very rarely do you see this work for a long period of time. I mean, in some situations, you know, I'm sure Mike Scioscia's been through um, several different front offices there um, with the Angels, and there there are some rule, there are some uh, exceptions to the rule, but it seems like this is a classic case. Uh, look, no, just look at the timing of when when John Farrell or when Dave Dombrowski took over the Red Sox. Literally, he had a press conference. They announced that he's the new president of baseball operations. John Farrell was literally in chemo treatment. I think right. that day. Or, so it's just it was a never a, a comfortable thing. Where it's like even if if Dave Dombrowski decided at that time. Um, you know, should, should we get rid of this guy? Is this not the right guy? I want to bring my own guy. The guy had just had cancer, come back from cancer, and it had won a World Series two years before, so it seemed kind of inhumane <laughs> to get rid of a manager at that time, even if you didn't think he was the guy. So then he brings him back for 2016, and the Red Sox win the ALE. So, again, David is probably feeling, you know, John Farrell's totally, he's not totally my guy here, but um, we just went from last place to first place under John Farrell. He just came back from cancer. Again, kind of doesn't seem right. Um, so, so he extended Farrell's option last year for this 2018 season. He did it at the winter meetings just to quiet the speculation. I think just so it wouldn't be a distraction, but uh, it still is a distraction because you still people wondered all season. You know, if this team loses in the first round again, is Farrell gone? And sure enough, they lost in the first round. He's gone. So, like you said, a very sort of complex uh, situation here.
0: Yeah, it, it really was. I mean, the the optics and the PR would have been just off the charts, horrible. Uh, you know, given John Farrell's life situation uh, battling cancer at that time if Dombrowski had said okay I'm coming in I'm cleaning house and John Farrell's gone that like I said the 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 PR fallout from that would have just been catastrophic is there any speculation that you know at that time of course when John Farrell went on his leave from the team you know for chemotherapy of course it was Torrey Lavello who took over Uh, this last-place Red Sox team, and they were respectable. They were an over 500 team at the end of 2015 uh, for a span of about, I don't know what it was, 45, 50 games. Lavello, you know, turned some heads, raised some eyebrows, and, of course, we saw what he did in his first season with Arizona this year, getting them to the playoffs, and he's, I think, in my mind, a front-runner for NL Manager of the Year. Was there any speculation at that time that maybe Dombrowski wanted Lavello as his guy, or did that never really come to fruition?
1: Yeah, I mean, just a little bit because, look, Tori Lavello, somebody covered the Red Sox in 2015. Tori Lavello... Um, clearly energized that team the last uh, six weeks of the season. The young players, you know, Jackie Bradley, played the best baseball, still probably the best baseball of his career um, over those last, uh, I think it was the last six weeks of the season there in 2015. Mookie um, Betts really started to come into his own. Uh, Eduardo Rodriguez pitched great baseball. So the young guys really seemed to thrive under Lavello. And then, I, you know, I, I remember when, uh, you know, they, they made the announcement late in 2015 there, the last day of the 2015 season, they announced that John Farrell was coming back um, in 2016. And at the same time, they announced kind of an odd contract for LaBello where they were going to bring him back, um, you know, for two years. And I think they were they were basically paying him like a manager hmm. at the time. And I think it was mainly insurance for Farrell's health because obviously you never know a guy is going to – come back from cancer. Fortunately, he did. Um, and, you know, in the back of your mind, you're like, oh, they may be thinking that if, you know, 2016 doesn't work out, um, they would then have the option of making Tory Lavello their guy. Well, at the end of 2016, John had to make a decision, or Dave had to make a decision. He got the 93 wins out of Farrell and decided to move forward with Farrell. And at that point, they had no choice but to let Tory Lavello go. But if Dave Dombrowski was 100% certain that Tory Lavello was his guy, and that was the guy he wanted to be the Red Sox next manager. Um, I think he would have let Farrell go at that time and just uh, done it. But, you know, Lavello is another guy that Dombrowski sort of inherited. So, I don't know. You know, he was also a Farrell guy. So, would that be appropriate to make him next pass? I don't think Dave Dombrowski was ever uh, 100% in on, on Torre either. Otherwise, he w- he wouldn't have let him uh, go to Arizona.
0: Yeah, very interesting. And uh, Lavello is uh, obviously doing great with the Diamondbacks. And uh, we'll see where uh, John Farrell ends up as uh, he is now, of course, a former Red Sox manager despite a world title and three AL East Division crowns. It's, you know, as they say, it's, it's a tough gig in Boston. It's unlike anywhere else except for maybe New York. So the question now becomes, uh, who's next? Uh, the names I'm hearing bounced around. Uh, Alex Cora, you hear Gabe Kapler, Jason Veritek, who's beloved by the fan base but has never managed a day in his life. Uh, who in your eyes are the front runners, and who do you see becoming John Farrell's successor?
1: Yeah, I mean I think Osprey's would be like the safe guess right now because look uh Dave and worked work with Brad Osmus before, he hired him in Detroit. Uh, he has a very good reputation as a very smart guy, um, a catcher. He's got a, you know, a former catcher. He's got a very good mindset. But then, you know, can he handle the media? As Dave Dombrowski said at his press conference yesterday, not talking about Osmus specifically, uh, just because you can handle the media in a place like Detroit doesn't mean you can handle it in Boston. It's a whole different animal here. So that, would, Dave would know better than anyone if, he, if uh, Brad would be up for that. There's also Alex Cora. Um, had the chance to cover him for four years, I think, and very impressive guy. Uh, knows the game really well. Really knows how to relate well to players. As far as uh, Jason Veritek goes, um, you know, just to me covering him, obviously a great leader on the team. Obviously a very smart baseball guy. But um, you wonder is he the guy you want to be the face of your franchise before and every game, before and after every game? Because at least when he played. Um, he didn't love that whole media thing. I mean, he kind of did the exercise because he was the captain. That was what he was supposed to do, but was never a big fan of, um, of dealing with the media. And, you know, you can't manage, you know, you can't hire a guy uh, based solely on how he deals with the media. I mean, look at Bill Belichick with the Patriots. He's obviously had <laughs> yeah. tremendous success. But at the same time, in Boston, managing the Red Sox, that is a big part of the job is how you deal with the, the public and kind of serving as the face of the Red Sox in a way. So I'm not sure that uh, that Veritek is that guy to do that in a place like Boston. Um, Gabe Kapler, uh, another guy with a, a very strong uh, personality, good leadership skills. I know he's running the farm system for the Dodgers. He was popular as a player here, so I think he'd be, he'd be a good choice also. And um, you know, Ron Gardenhire is a guy that's been mentioned. I don't know if he wants to deal with the whole Boston thing <laughs> at this stage of his life and at this stage of his career if he's had interest from other teams. Um, including Detroit. So there's a, there's a lot of names. in you know, here. Sandy Alomar Jr., I mean, to me, he's an impressive guy. I think that Sandy Alomar Jr., I'm surprised he hasn't gotten a managerial job yet because I think that, that he would be a guy who who could really handle uh, Boston and handle all the players. So I think there's some good candidates out there. It's just a matter of, uh, you know, which direction they're going.
0: Yeah, so it remains to be seen uh, who Dave Dombrowski wants. But, Ian, uh, who do you sense Red Sox Nation wants? Uh, you know, who – the the rabid fan base, who are they pulling for right now?
1: Yeah, and the fans are voting for Veritek. Okay. You know, they, he, he's, they're uh, the captain they remember, and they, they only think of Veritek, um you know, embracing Keith Folk after mm. game four of the clinching World Series, doing the same thing with Jonathan Papelbon. They remember Jason Veritek catching four no-hitters. So I think the, the expectations almost for Jason Veritek to come in here and be a savior uh, might actually be unfair because, um, you know, What you do on the field, it's a a, a lot different being a catcher of a team than being a manager of a team. And Dave Dombrowski said yesterday that, look, um, he's probably looking for somebody who has, um, at the very least, um, had a full season in the major leagues on a coaching staff or as a manager at some level. Veritic doesn't have either. So um, to me, that sort of rules him out. But, uh, you know, you you never do know.
0: Stranger things have happened, and uh, stranger things have happened in Boston. We only have to look back at 2012 uh, <laughs> to see a prime example of that. Uh, it's going to be a crazy winter in Boston, as it always is, every off season, And Ian will have a lot to discuss leading up to uh, opening day 2018, that is for sure. Ian Brown, our thanks to you, as always. We'll do it again soon. In the meantime, Matt Wehmeyer signing off for MLB.com Extras, Boston Red Sox.